back, listeners, to the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Chris Turner, and I am your host. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, I guess. <laughs> Messed that one up. Um, welcome back to the podcast, guys. I hope you're having a great week so far. Uh, it is Monday morning for me, uh, so I hope you had a good weekend coming out of it, and I will try to get this week started off on the right foot, right? Um, without further ado, I will go ahead and roll right into it. And uh, this morning... Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about music and the arts, and I want to try to connect them with some of the ideas I've been talking about, the ego and the soul. So I first want to talk about music. I want to start there. You may have noticed that like one of the things I do in this podcast is I, I have music playing constantly in the background but it's very subtle right i try to keep it at a low level so it's not something that you're actively listening to it's more of a passive experience uh and there's a reason i'm doing that and one of them one of them is i i, I believe or the main reason is i believe that music communicates information uh in a different way and so does art and you know paintings and things like that um it has a way of communicating feeling uh, similar to the way an emoji would communicate a feeling to you if you were sitting there talking to somebody, texting them, and they sent you a smiley face or a sad face. I've always kind of felt that music has a similar quality to it, where it, it, com- it conveys emotion uh, in, in some way. Similar to how a painting, if you look at a painting, you know, if you look at the Mona Lisa or you look at one of the, any of these famous paintings, you know, the Sistine Chapel, it'll inspire you with, like, certain emotions, you know what I mean? Um some people like the Sistine Chapel kind of people describe it as an overwhelming emotion like it's it's kind of all-encompassing emotion it's a mixture of kind of uh you know I've never seen it myself but kind of a mixture of awe and uh I don't know like just just this 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 combined effect right um because of the, the scale and gravity of it right uh but like for instance the Mona Lisa like I think you can get different different you know I kind of want to pull it up actually let me pull it up really quick and we look at it it's an interesting one because it's it has like this sad quality to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. No notifications, computer. It's like the Mona Lisa. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, just off of off of Google. And it's so it you can understand immediately when you pull this picture up why people are so intrigued by it. Because it. There's some communication going on here in this painting that is... What I get when I look at this is there's like she's holding a secret to something. She, She's looking at you like kind of... There's a very, very, very... I don't know. It's almost like a sly smile. She has this little little smile kind of hook at the end of her, her mouth there. And... And her eyes have this like way of they're looking through you, right? And they're communicating something. And it almost like for me, if I had to sum it up, it's it's a secret. Curiosity. You know, it's it's a it's just an emotion of like curiosity, some kind of secret being held. Or kind of some kind of look deeper. It's like it's like the it's like the painting's asking you to look deeper. You know what I mean? Uh Anyway, I wanted to pull that up and use it as kind of an example. That's what I'm talking about, right? Is when you look at part of the way that that an artist communicates, or actually the main way that artists communicate is through this method, is through kind of embedding emotion 
in their painting, right? And what I find so profound about that is you can, you can go walk around, around any, you know, art museum a- anywhere and, and, and people will get similar things from that. So it's not like this weird, like, completely malleable uh, experience where everybody can have their own interpretation. I mean, there is some of that going on, but in general, you'll find that many people will pull the similar emotions or similar ideas out of paintings when they look at them. And that's because the artist is very specifically communicating those emotions to them through that painting. Similar to that, music does the same thing, right? But we don't think about it that way. Imagine like your favorite song when it comes on. What does it do? It inspires a feeling of joy inside of you, right? Uh, or maybe it's not even joy, but it has this deep connect connection to some kind of, it's an, a deep emotional resonance, right? Where it's like something speaks to you deeply in that song, where it's like either an experience you've gone through or maybe a, compi- a combination of experiences that have kind of created this emotional identity that resonates in that, that song resonates with. And, and in some ways, those that, that resonance is what attracts you to it, Right. In a similar way, you can have with art, with any painting or something, you can have a painting that has a similar effect on people where, you know, you know, you'll walk through the whole museum and there'll be one of them that stands out. And that's why, because there's something about that, what was imbued in that painting that is speaking or resonating with something about you, some emotion, something at a deep emotional level. Um, and you can stand there for like hours just staring at it because of that. When you find paintings or pieces of music like that, you'll put it on repeat and you'll just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Because it's it's like a, it's almost like it's 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 a it's a proof that your existence is valid when you find these pieces of th- these pieces. It's like finding something that understands you at a deeper level than you have ever been able to express to somebody else, right? That that's what art can do, and I think that's what's so beautiful about it. Excuse me. <clears throat> but I want to go a little deeper with that, and I want to try to tie it in a little bit with the ego and the soul that we've been talking about. So let's take what I just said, right? That that there's that art communicates differently. Right? It communicates information in a different way, right? Whereas as kind of the scientific method or or, or the more the more um, observational method would be to kind of you know, gather tangible data, right? You know, like create a, uh, an experiment and follow the scientific method and collect data that way, right? Or, or just observe in the world, right? With through through the eyes. But what music and art in general does is is it communicates through like a combination of the senses, at least the way I perceive it. So as where like the scientific thought and that that world, this, this is like. This, I'm going to say like the STEM world, right? But that's what I'm referring to is kind of like that that panacea of thought. <clears throat> it's not a panacea, but you get what I'm saying. Um, with 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 the more artistic side, the communication is is through a combination of the senses. It's not one, right? It, it's it's like it's like you you it, it, it communicates through all of your senses at once. For instance, like you can, like people have experienced certain smells when they view paintings. I have no idea how you could explain that, but you can. And in 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 another vein, you you can also experience like smell is also attached very directly to memory, 
right? So one of the most powerful ways you can recollect a memory is through smelling a smell that you smelled in that in that time frame and when the memory took place. It'll bring you right back there. If you don't, you can test that too. It's a really powerful thing to do. It's it's kind of crazy actually. It's also why people associate, you know, people they're close to with the smell of them. You know what I mean? Because it's it's the, it's most tightly uh, tied to your memory of that person. But the but the music, I want to focus on the music for a second because I, I talked about this a little bit in the Beer Goggles podcast, if any of you listen to that. Um, I've always had this theory, and I don't know if it's correct, but I've had this idea I've been playing with where music is <clears throat> it's akin to a personality, like an archetype, that songs are... are, are They're like Polaroids, like snapshots of human, of the human condition. And because of that, they're kind of like little mini people, like little proto people. Each song is. And they convey like the same kind of emotion, right? Like they, they, they convey the emotion of that person in that, in that time frame. It's like a snapshot of the person in the time frame, Right. And, and because of that, you get this communication that happens where it's not just like the melodic, like the melody, like you're not just hearing it, you're feeling it because it's a combination of the melody, the words being spoken, the data being transferred that way. And the combination of that with the situation being spoken, all of that data, right? It conveys this like, it's almost like being embodied, like being taken by that proto personality it's like being being for lack of a better word being like overcome by it i'm i'm, I'm forgetting the word i'm trying to it's uh, like possessed there we go possessed. it's like you get possessed for a second well that, that three minutes however long the song is you get possessed by this mini personality and you can lose yourself in it too i'm sure many of you have experienced this at some point too, and you be driving along and you're listening to a song and something comes on, it resonates or it kind of pulls you in and you feel like you get lost in it for a second. What's well, you could describe it that way. You could also describe it as you're being possessed by that thing, right? The music is possessing you right? and, and kind of taking you over. I think it's smart to think about the, the music in that context as more of a, more of a, a proto personality kind of possessing you because that's what it's intended to do. You know, people, you make that music to convey exactly that, to convey not only the emotion that you're feeling, but the situation that brought it about, right? Um, at least this is the way I conceptualize music. There's a lot of different forms of it, and I wouldn't ever try to say that there's a correct way or a wrong way to, to, to express yourself artistically. But in its ideal form, in, in its most valuable form, this is how I view music. And I think it's important because I think engaging with music, maybe even engaging with music you're not immediately comfortable with is a good, like, in some ways is a good way of, of, of exposing yourself to situations and experiences you may have not encountered already in the world. Or at a deeper level, maybe it's it's more like 
music can show you how it doesn't like the the details of the experience don't matter that like everybody has suffering in their life uh, or love in their life or whatever however you want to approach it right from the more positive or negative aspect but like everybody's got this these basic experiences that happen in their life and they produce these emotions these human emotions the details don't matter and you can find that in in each song because each song is going to talk about a different experience different specific example and in some ways the songs that resonate the most with you the ones you put on repeat are the ones that are like very specifically tied to your situation right the ones that are very like in some ways tied to your ego right like the 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 things that describe what your vision of yourself is the most (laughs) you know um i I guess i when actually something just that could be or it could be the opposite maybe the songs that resonate with you the most are the ones that like are speaking about you like the true you at a deeper level you know what we've been talking about in these last couple episodes you know and and i think for some reason that feels more right because i've i've had this experience many times where i'll be listening to music and i'll just like you know have spotify on while i'm driving and i just want to find something new you know so i start to open up different types of music and genres and playlists and this actually happened recently. I'm going to use this example. There's this band called Grandma. Now their their name is Grandma, and they're they're a fairly small band, but they're kind of like a funk fusion band, um, which is not something that I usually listen to, right? Um, but the other day I was driving around, and I had a station on, and I was looking for new music, and this thing popped up, uh, this song by Grandma, and I started to listen to it, and it was different. It was weird. It was something like I, again, something I would not usually jam out to. But as I listened to it more, I started to really feel it, man. I was like, whoa, like it made me want to move. Like that's the feeling I got inside when I heard it. It's like it, it, it made me want to like, it's like my whole body wanted to just go to it. it was re- it's like resonating. That's the best way to describe it. It's like you're resonating with the same frequency. It's like, oh yeah, there's something in that one. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and you don't even know why. Because like I was saying before, I was talking about maybe it's the specifics. No, it's definitely not the spe- specifics because there's nothing about the words that makes you feel this way. It's not the it's not the words that communicates this. It's it's the music. It's like it's the beat. It's the and the and the and the vibrations of the different, you know, instruments kind of all coalescing to make this one unique sound and that sound is what communicates information to you. And you interpret it through that. Through this feeling of like oh yeah, I want to move. Like when you're resonating with something, you want to move to it. You want to literally get your body on the same beat as it. You want to resonate with it. You know what I mean? And 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 there is something freaky about that, folks. Why is that the case? Like this is this is part of the reason I titled the the podcast "The Unfounded." It's like we got there's some things we don't think about very much, but we just like pass off. It's like oh that's cool, or that makes me feel good. And it's like well no 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 like we're missing a lot of the purpose there. Like that's a big question. Like what draws people to certain types of music? We could say it's the words. It's obviously not, though. You know what's interesting is there's there's a song that you can... Uh, it's, a, it's a really good song, actually. Um, you can find it on YouTube, I'm sure. Maybe even on Spotify. Uh, I'm going to have to look up the name. Um, let me see. I think it's something of awesome... Uh, Anyway, there's this this band, and I'll try to find it for you, um, that they made this song that shows you that basically every single song that you have liked that has been popular for the last 40 years has been done with the same four chords. 
Uh, I think it's Four Chords of Awesome, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me see if that's it. But it's an amazing... Uh, yeah, Axis of Awesome is the name of the band, and uh, uh, the, norm, the name of the song is Four Chords Song. I won't play it on here because I can't. Um, but if you want to look it up after the podcast, I'll also try to post it on uh, on the Facebook page for you guys. Okay. Um, but the it's a really interesting song to listen to because what you'll what you'll notice is it's it's the same four chords, different different songs, all different songs, right? But it, they're saying different things, different words, all that kind of stuff. But the same four chords, and they blend them all together, and they keep going. The song goes on for like six and a half minutes, and you, right when you think they're done, they'll play another one and another one and another one. And I think it's kind of, it kind of supports the point I'm trying to make that what people resonate in with music is not the, not the information being passed through the verbally, right? Maybe sometimes, maybe like the freak, there's this freak scenario where somebody has a very specific experience that, you know, is matches up, lines up very well with yours. And because of that, you know, the, the words being spoken resonate more than, than anything else. But I think that's more of a fleeting experience. Like I had an experience with one of Luke Combs' songs, um, in that in that way. Uh, it it just it, it 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 was kind of eerie when I was listening to it. The words were describing very specifically my experience, um, and uh, it just kind of freaked me out, right? Um, and so I didn't know. It's called "Even Though I'm Leaving." If you want to listen to that song by Luke Combs, that song for some reason there's a there's a middle part where it talks about um, I'm very close with my dad, right? And there's a middle part where it talks about leaving for the military uh, and kind of, you know, dad hugging him as he's leaving and telling him goodbye. And like it, when I heard that, like it made me choke up. Like I started crying, you know, I had to send it to my dad because it, it, it's, it, that was like my experience. It brought me right back. You know, those words, specific words did, but besides that, you know, taking away, so that can happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. Right. I just think that's more fleeting. It's not the main reason why you resonate with music, with certain songs, certain styles. And then Axis of Awesome. This is weird. Like what? Four chords. And, and you listen to them. They're some of the most popular songs you've ever heard. Like the songs that everybody loves and plays on repeat. Right? It's the same four chords. And it, it makes you wonder. We all like those same four chords. Why do we all like those same four chord, that same four chord progression? It resonates with all of us. Mainly. I guess I can't say all of us. I don't know. There's probably somebody out there that's going to, you know play the opposition and be like i don't like that song yeah okay <laughs> ego right but the uh it, it's it, you're gonna or i think what it is maybe and i don't know i'm gonna suggest this nothing again it's unfounded but hey um maybe this speaks of our soul maybe what why you we the same four chords can be used over and over again and, and, and we just switch the lyrics up and we'll, we'll listen to it over and over again we'll, we'll, nobody even notices right um, maybe the reason for that is because we're all the same thing Re- literally right like, like, like what have we been what have we been talking about the the ego and the soul right and I've gone through a couple episodes explaining what the ego is in my perception, the way I perceive it, right? I hope it's made sense to you. But the ego is the thing that tells you you're different. It's the egotism, it's egotistical, 
It's the thing that thing that makes you think you're different than everything else. In some ways, you're, you're better. We usually associate with you're better than everybody else. But I think it's a, it, that's not a good definition. It's, it's more like your egotism is thinking you're different than everybody else. In my definition. Because once you separate that ego out, once you push it away enough where you can watch it, and you start to listen to the source... The soul, the self, whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't need to be religious. You can just, whatever that other voice is that you'll find, it's there. The automatic voice, the one that tells you the thing that you know you need to do every time, but you don't want to. That's how you'll recognize what it is. The ego will always tell you what you want to do. The easy route. This other voice that you can find, it tells you the other thing. It always tells you the, 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 short, the path that you don't want to go down, but you somehow know is the right one. The trick is, is like, this is a little side tangent, the further away you get the ego, the, the more that the other voice, the one that it feels like it's telling you to do the stuff you don't want to do, the more that starts to feel like it's telling you the stuff, it looks like it's the stuff you need to do, right? It morphs. Like, it only feels like it's stuff you don't want to do right now because you're associated with your ego and your ego tells you the opposite. So you view that internal, some, some, people, some people associate it with, like, their internal, like, conscience as the other as the thing that's telling you to do the uncomfortable thing. You're only viewing it that way because you're viewing it from the ego perspective. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Anyway, that's a little side tangent. But once you separate those things, you start to realize that like, that, that source, you're not controlling that. Like you, these, these, these things, these ideas, they pop into your head. But you're not actively like morphing or manipulating that. You can do that with the ego. You can't do that with this other thing. And if you can't control that, that internal voice, the soul, the self, then how can you assume it's different than anybody else? If you have that voice and you're not crazy, then you have to assume everybody else has that voice too. And that voice, if you're not controlling it, how do you know if it's different than anybody else's? How do you, how do you not know that's not, that's not the same? But we're not all listening to the exact same frequency. You know what I mean? We're all on the same, exact same radio station. That internal voice is the exact same radio station telling us all the same thing. I think one of the ways you can figure that out, that that is true, is by looking at art. The things that are the most popular in this world, that have the most intrinsic value, the most popular songs, the most popular pieces of artwork, the most popular sculptures, the reason they're the most popular is they resonate with the soul, the source, the one thing that connects us all together. When you hear or see that, it reminds you, oh yeah, I'm something else. I'm connected in some way to these other people, these other things walking around. I'm not just me running around manipulating the world. I'm a piece, a very, very, very small piece of something much larger. And you can, Carl Sagan is, I mean, Carl Sagan uh, um, is a scientist, well, he's a, he was an astronomer and a scientist that I believe died in the 90s, early 90s. He had uh, the show Cosmos. Um, really good show. 
uh, that Neil deGrasse actually has a, a reboot version of. It's a very good show as well. Uh, very interesting. Um, and I want to make sure, real quick, guys, I want to make sure you understand that I don't, like, I'm not trying to push against, like, science itself, right? I, I'm not trying to tear it down. The things that we've discovered, the findings, and, and like, the, the benefits of scientific theory in everyday life is undeniable, right? But it, 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 it's, its problem lies in its disconnection from the things that, that, that came before it, the things that led to it, right? And, and, and thinking that it is, it's evolutionary, that this form of thinking is a better evolved version of the, the former. That's not how it works, I don't think. But anyway, the reason I bring it up in Carl Sagan is one of his most famous quotes is, we're all stardust. And he meant that literally. He wasn't talking figuratively. Because if you break us all down, all of us come from the inside of stars. Every element in the universe is created inside of a star. Start with hydrogen, right? And as that hydrogen atoms, those hydrogen atoms slam against each other, they combine and form helium and then heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier elements until you get all the way down to, you know, the, the metals, irons, things like that, right? So literally every element that you are made up of, which is, the, that's why it's called an element. It's, a, it's the primal thing. It's the base thing. We are all made up of exactly the same stuff, literally everything not just humans everything the earth the house you're sitting in the rocks you walk on the you know the dog you play with those are all made up of exactly the same things and in different proportions if that's how if, if that's how you want to you know if you want to say well no it's not the same well yeah sure it's not the same thing exactly because it's different proportions of the same thing but come on it's all the same stuff right if you, if, if you, I mean, it's, it's like, let me think of a good example here. I could take green sand and brown sand and have them separated out, right? Or I can mix the sand together. And like, is it different now? Because it's mixed together, you know what I mean? Like it, in a different proportion? Like, it, no, it's, it's still the same stuff. It's just arranged differently. I don't know if that's a very good example, but you get what I'm trying to say here, right? And that's kind of how I think, I think that there's deep, deep wisdom in what Carl Sagan said there. I think it might be one of the points where you can try to connect the dots to the spiritual. Because where do you go from there? We're all, there's a lot of weird similarities lining up when you, when you start to think that way. We're all the same stuff, right? There's other, you know, there's a lot of religions that have been saying that for a long time. We're all the same stuff. Science has proved that. Why don't we talk about that? So my postulation, I don't think is that far out there. Not only are we the same stuff, we're the same thing. Human beings are the same thing at a deep level. What do we call that? The soul. The soul is the human being in its entirety. 
Human being is like something the world does. Alan Watts talks about this. Right? It's deeply, intrinsically connected to all the other processes in the world. You know, you see this in movies like The Lion King, the circle of life, the balance of nature, right? The yin and the yang. Everything occurs in a balance. You know, the human being is not some visitor onto this world. The human being comes out of the world. It was produced by this world. So in that, it is deeply a part of this world. We like to view ourselves in the modern context as something that's other than the things around us, not one with it. But even at a basic scientific level, you are the exact same thing as it, as the rock you walk on. <laughs> you're, you're made up of the same things. It's arranged differently. I think that one of the ways we can connect with that source, that soul, that self, the thing that links us all together is through the music that resonates the most. You know, everybody, like, I've had this conversation with people before that, you know, you'll, you'll bring up an artist you really like or a type of music you really like and be like, man, that song's good. And they'll be like, oh, that's, yeah, but it's overplayed. And I've always hated when people say that. Like, oh, yeah, it's overplayed. Because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, well, there's a reason for that, right? Why do you think it's overplayed? First of all, what's overplayed? Who determines when it's overplayed? You? Where's that line? You get to decide it's overplayed now? <laughs> Right? Like, that's audacious. That's your ego talking, first of all. And, 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 and second of all, it's like, what? Even if it was overplayed, why? Why do you think it's overplayed? Why do they play that song more than everybody else? There's a reason for it, right? We live in a capitalist economy. At least if you want to go from that perspective, it's because more people like that song and buy it. <laughs> right? If you want to go from the spiritual side, it resonates with more people. So there's something true about it. So you arbitrarily coming in here and saying it's overplayed is pretty audacious and stupid from that perspective, right? <laughs> you get what I'm saying now. I hate it when people say that. There's a reason that those songs are more more popular than most. And it doesn't mean you can't like the other ones. But it's it's it also you shouldn't tear down the most popular songs in existence because if you do you're not appreciating them properly. There's a reason they're the most popular songs in existence. And it's probably because it resonates with something deeply true about all of us. That's why everybody likes it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just it's logic, huh? You know. Anyway, don't mean to be uh, overly aggressive there, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but these last couple of days, I've been in a feisty mood. You know, I really have. Getting off the nicotine and stuff, I got a lot of energy here, like a lot of pent up energy. Maybe it's a little bit of those withdrawals still. I might. Maybe that's why I'm a little feisty. <laughs> Probably a little bit of the withdrawals I'm going through still. But um, anyway, we're getting kind of close to the time here, about just over 30 minutes. Uh, I hope that was enjoyable. I hope you guys liked that talk on music and art. Um, that's why it's always been so meaningful to me. You know, why I've always been attracted to music. You know, I talked about it last episode about my, a little bit of my beginning experience, you know, coming up uh, as a kid and trying to define who I was, you know, going through football and band and having to choose between one of those or feeling like I had to choose between one of those. And I think it, the reason that I was attracted to music was for this, what I'm kind of laying out here. I've been trying to figure that out, but I think it's because it's, it just speaks to some more depth in this world. And there's, I always felt as when I was a kid that there was just, the world was lacking something. 
you know, is is actually one of the experiences I'll go into my experience. You know, I um I'll describe a little bit more about my religious background, right? Um, I was raised Roman Catholic, um, and I went to catechism. I was baptized, all of that. I was never confirmed, but I, I went through most of the catech- uh, catechism classes, right, uh, all the way up to be confirmed. So I understand the religion fairly well, and. One of the things that really, um, one of the things that I turned away from the church, and I'll go more into depth of where I am now in a future episode. I don't kind of want to go into that yet, right? But this is where I did turn away from the church for a long period of time, right? And um, one of the reasons I did that is because whenever in catechism, right, whenever I was coming up, there was always, I would always ask questions. I'm very curious. And there was a lot of things like when you're when you're going through that, a lot of stories that didn't make sense, right? That clashed with at least what you know my idea of morality or or, or the the good life or whatever it was. My my childhood conception of that clashed with it. And whenever I would ask questions like why, the answer I consistently got from most people was because because God, right? It was like just some some cop out answer. I was five years old or seven years old or 10 years old and I knew they were copping out. I knew they didn't know, right? So you could see in them, oh, you don't know the answer so you're just going to give me some bullshit answer because I'm a kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that really turned me off to the entire religion. I don't know if any of you guys have, have had that same experience if you all were raised in that way. And I don't mean, I'm not trying to criticize the Catholic religion. You'll find that out in later episodes, right? <laughs> but um, this is what my experience was up until this point. It turned me off because I couldn't, like I knew that there was more depth there that people just were not giving me. And I felt like if you're not going to get, if, if I saw it in the religion and the people there that practiced it and taught it, didn't understand it, then I had to go find it somewhere else. And it caused me to turn away from the religion period. Now I'll go more into depth about my journey in that, you know, preceding decade, basically, um, here soon. But, uh, the reason I brought it up is because that thirst or that curiosity for more depth, right? Um, I found it, I think, in music, in art, cinema, in storytelling, you know, um, design, architecture, all of those things. As I started to engage with these things in the world, I started to realize, ooh, ooh, man, there's depth here. But I also realized some other things that I'll go into future episodes. I'll leave you on a cliffhanger, right? <laughs> I'll leave you with that. I don't know if that tied it up well at the end there. But I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this episode was uh, useful or helpful to you. And uh, have a good week. I hope the Monday is good. Um, and I, I hope uh, I'm able to get at least a couple more episodes out here this week. You know, I don't know if I'll be able to continue the five a week like I did the first week. Um, you know, I was pretty prolific that week. But I'll try to. And if I can, I'll get them out too. All right? Um, but anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day. And I'll talk to you soon.